0: Hey, everybody, welcome uh, to another episode of Main Unstream, just me on the mic today. And I don't usually do these sorts of things live. I usually record them and uh, put them up on YouTube and then post them. Uh, but I thought today I'm just going to go and do it live and then, you know, you can you can check it out on YouTube. Or if you come back to where it is here on um, initially, at least on Facebook or wherever you see the video Um leave comments. I'll be glad to answer them. So <clears throat> I'm just going to get straight into it. So a lot of people around the world are wondering about how, how we could have arrived where we're at. And I'm going to touch on a topic today, which a lot of people will you know get rather emotional about and and, and start you know throwing labels around. Um, and I want to assure you that um, none of those labels that you may or may not be thinking are accurate. And the, the, the topic I want to touch on is that of immigration. Now, this has absolutely nothing to do with any xenophobic, whatever, or racism. But let me, let me, uh, and I also want to just plant in your mind the year 1973, because I'm going to use Australia as the example for this, all right? 1973, just remember that date or that year. So in, when I was growing up, I was born in the late 60s when I was growing up, Australia was a, a country where people would stand up and uh say their you know speak their minds say their opinions and uh, would stand up for themselves um very different to what we're seeing today very different and somewhere along you know the course of all that's you know my life at least we ended up with this multicultural society which has led to australia having a really colorful uh, huge amounts of different flavors in our in our society Great different, you know, different people, different flavors, different cultures, all the rest of stuff. Now, I've lived overseas in many different locations, and I can appreciate living in a different country. And I've been, I've been a guest in so many countries, uh, and I'm grateful for for that. Um, I've also behaved in accordance with the local rules and stuff, and and uh, whenever I was in the country, and I've. Um, you know, I know, I've done what was expected of me. I've never, never taken on citizenship, though. So, you know, if I had, then that would have been a different thing, but it would have been even more intense. But we have this, we have this, um, we have this multicultural society. You know, just pick pick a nation, and we have someone who was born in another nation. In fact, I don't have. I have a number of. Uh, tabs in my browser to share with you in a second one that I don't unfortunately have is a stat that I saw recently from the Australian Bureau of Statistics that says that roughly 50 percent a little more than 50 percent of Australians today are uh, either born overseas or first generation of parents born overseas now again this is not you know beating up on foreigners this is just stating a fact and I want to ask you uh, to ask you, I want to get you to ask yourself a simple question given that in the 70s, we had a country where people would stand up for themselves, they would speak their mind, they would speak their opinion. If you, as you know, the controlling group, call it what you will, would like to dilute that, what's the best way to do it? Or if you'd like to turn that over, what's the best way to do it? And the answer is, indeed, I just gave it to you, is to dilute it. And so this concept of multiculturalism, which was really driven by Paul Keating as prime minister in the 90s, actually starts in 1973 you know obviously was stuff leading up to it but in 1973 it became uh it, well actually let's just get the um let's just get the government document up you know no, here you go Australian government oh you can't see that let me go and share my screen here we go so um Australian government document there we go multiculturalism by 1973 the term multiculturalism had been introduced, and migrant groups were forming state and national associations, etc. etc. So, 1973, that started, but a number of other things happened in 1973. 1973 was uh, the year that Australia signed the Unidroit um, uh, or Unidua, um Treaty, the Treaty of Rome. So, it's so I'll call it Unidroit. I don't know a lot of people call it Unidroit. But it's given that it started out being a French thing, uh, we'll call it Unidois, I guess. Uh, but 1973, Gough Whitlam signed us up to it. Um, and if you you can see here on the document from the government, it was actually into it came into force in 1976. Okay, but 73, Goff, you can Google this stuff. Goff Whitlam signed us up to it in 73. A couple of other, by the way, a couple of other things happened in 73. We'll get to it. But why am I even talking about multiculturalism? Why am I talking about immigration or in terms of diluting society? Uh, And I'm not talking about diluting in terms of making us worse for, you know, for the different flavours and everything we have. But I'm talking about diluting the string, the strong natured will of a society. Um, Because if you think about where the majority of people who came into Australia as a result of multiculturalism, then they came predominantly from countries where government uh, where police oppression was you know police police brutality I should say uh was you know part and parcel of the daily daily thing government oppression was pretty normal so we're talking countries in asia and in, in india and things like this now uh i have a lot of friends from around the world in different countries and i also live in a neighborhood in australia where we have 94 percent uh what they call eald you know english as an additional language or dialect i didn't even know that english was a dialect nonetheless different topic um and the majority of those people are from the subcontinent and if you see them in action there are some who uh have been around western countries for a long time and they're more awake to what's happening others and, and still they themselves are not so willing to step up and speak out but the majority of them will not step up and speak out so again why am i why am i going on about this you know how how is how is this part of the strange? well as i said if you want to if you want to transform a way of society is from being a very outspoken society into a society which will um which will uh conform and comply and do as they are asked and do as they are told then you need to have people who will you know take your authority and accept it and bow to your every will and people from these nations you know this is not a judgment on them in terms of who they are or what they are this is just the programming that they've had from their their countries okay before they came to australia so this this message is as much for those for, for everybody who is an Australian citizen, everybody living in this country, irrespective of whether you were born here uh, and many-generational um, uh, or if you're born here. Thank you, thank you, Helder. Appreciate mate. Appreciate the, uh, the vote of confidence there, my friend. So if, if you're born here many-generational or if you're born here of uh, as a first generation or if you are born, if you are, uh, you know, a migrant who has uh, uh, become an Australian citizen through conferral, whatever it is, realise that this country, our our traditions, are one where we stand up and we speak our mind. We don't necessarily... Um, Bow down to the government just because they're the government. The government is there to serve us, and it may not be what you're accustomed to from where you come from. All right. So as is like a whole bunch of tabs I can share with you. And I was mentioned before the Unidroid or um Treaty, which is a treaty of Rome. And if you look into this thing, it's pretty, it's pretty uh insidious and um, is effectively what has caused Australia to become um no longer a commonwealth there's um a lot of stuff out there rod carlton former wa sender uh, about a year ago put out a, a very compelling video about how the government is actually not uh the current government is actually not running uh operating in accordance with the original constitution i i, I highly encourage you to go and see that but um if you i'm gonna <laughs> i keep share, i keep clicking on these tabs and of course you can't see them because i haven't gone and put this up but i'm gonna go and do that now so if we look here, um, so the Unidroid, uh, Unidroid, um, uh Treaty was signed in Australia, Australia, joined in 1973. Now, the guy who signed us up to that was Gough Whitlam. He was a Labor Prime Minister. Another interesting thing about our friends from the left in Australia and indeed from many places around the world is this thing that they all seem to be a member of, and this this sounds like real tin hat stuff, right? Um, yeah, they are eroding it, um, namely the Fabian Society, right? Now, if, as soon as I mention the Fabian Society to people, they uh, a lot of people go like um you know what's that that sounds like some sort of conspiracy theory now you can go on google it's been around for a long time in fact the fabian society was being was established in 1884 it was actually an offshoot of another society which had um slightly better ideals but this uh this particular society was the logo and currently is a tortoise uh which represents as they say here the uh predilection for a slow and imperceptible transition to socialism I would call that more an insidious transition to socialism. But anyway, its its original logo was this one here, a wolf in sheep's clothing, right, uh, which is, indeed, as they say, its it's uh, methodology for achieving its goals. Now, the thing about this Fabian society is this. It's been around for a long time. It's uh, 100% left wing. Um they don't make any secrets of what they're about. You can go and Google them and look up the Australian, the Fabian Society in Australia and in other countries, and you'll find their websites and it's very easy. I mean, this is this is their current logo. When I strike, I strike hard. So they're you know going slow, 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 and then bang. You know we're seeing a lot of that in the U.S. at the moment with um, the lead up to their uh, their elections. Right. Um, you know just a few things. Right. What is the Fabian Society policy? It's a, strat- a Fabian strategy, is a military strategy where pitched battles and frontal assaults are avoided in favour of wearing down an opponent through a war of attrition and indirection. These guys, I, I encourage you again, just to go and look this who these guys up or look up who these guys are, uh, what they do. And you know, everyone bangs on about the um, the uh, Freemasons, but very few people go on about the Fabians. Interesting. In any case, if you think about it. Know PM addresses student Fabians, no surprise there. Kevin Rudd, you know, if they're addressing the Fabians, you can guarantee they are Fabians, right? And they don't make it, they don't make a secret of them being Fabians, right? And uh, Kevin Rudd, uh, uh, interestingly, uh, you know, Prime Minister who speaks Cantonese or Mandarin, whichever it was, speaks Chinese, um, found that a very interesting thing. Um, this is another interesting book, Australians First Fabians by Race Matthews. Recommend you go and grab that one. Speech by Prime Minister, uh, Bob Hawke, another Labour, you know, Paul Keating, um, another Fabian. Now, these guys, so these guys have been planning, as the, you know, the Fabian ethos goes, these guys have been planning what they're doing now, what you're seeing now for a very, very long time. So anybody who believes that what you're actually seeing now is, this, oh, there's this virus thing going around or whatever, and the economy's tanking. And, uh, yeah, that's a it's a really nice, fluffy view of the world. But quite frankly, it's very naive. Um, if you believe for one second the stuff that you're seeing right now is just this chance happening, yeah, then, you know, I, I, I really would like you to go and well, first take a cold shower and then maybe... Come back to your computer and, and start searching some of the stuff that i'm providing here so in 1973 uh the australian well the word uh or the concept of multiculturalism has uh been introduced and uh it's really becoming embedded in in our society 1990 of course uh here's <laughs> me going these tabs again i keep forgetting sorry anyway so um Multiculturalism is, is, is well and truly introduced and embedded. Um, 1973, as we know, uh, Australia jo- is joins the, uh, the UNIDWA, uh Treaty. And here's another interesting thing that happens as a result of that. 1973 was the last year where Australian banknotes bore the, no- the title Commonwealth of Australia. All right. After that, it just said, as you'll see here on the $50 note, Australia it also no longer said legal tender throughout the commonwealth of australia and the territories of the commonwealth it then said this australian note is legal tender throughout australia and its territories and you know i think yeah that's that's who cares so what you know who cares but nothing happens without a reason and you need to ask yourself and you need to go and investigate for yourselves again i'm not this is not some exhaustive Exploration is all this. this is just enough to give you some of the pointers, so you can go and find out for yourself. Because if I lay everything out for you, you know, if I if I dump all the information onto you, you can you'll you'll filter it and you'll be like nah or yeah or whatever. It's much better if you go and look into the stuff as I did over a period of time. You look into the stuff for yourself. You find it yourself. You explore it for yourself. And you come to your own conclusions. I'm not going to push you in one one direction or the other. I'm just going to give you some stuff to go and take a look at. UniDraw or UniDroid. the banknotes, look up uh, Rob Cullerton, WA Senator, see what he has to say about the Commonwealth of Australia and the Constitution. Look up the Fabians and then consider the whole, mul- and, and, and look up multiculturalism in Australia and then consider, then consider. Given what the stated purpose and the stated strategy of the Fabian Society is, and they're not the evil ones behind all this. This is much bigger picture. This, this is just something for you to focus on right now to get a you know a foothold into understanding some of the shit that's going on right now. If you understand the strategy of the Fabians, and you understand uh, how slow and insidious they move, and you think strategically as opposed to tactically. And then you consider multiculturalism and as i've you know you don't need me to point it out look around you look around you in this country and it doesn't have to be this country any western country look around you at the influences that have been brought into your country which i'm not saying they're bad by the way like I said, i've lived overseas in many different countries love love living overseas love the flavors love the smells love the you know texture everything love it and, and i'm grateful that we have it here in the in that context okay um, what I don't like is that people were brought in specifically, this is my opinion now, people were brought in specifically to dilute the strong will of the population. So my message to all of my fellow Australians uh, and also permanent, other permanent residents, other guests of this country as permanent residents, and it doesn't matter whether you are X generation Australian or new, new Australian or whatever it is you are, we have an obligation to reach out to other Australians and to let them understand what it is about this country that is different to where they came from. Not saying give up your your former culture and, and, and where you come from. But you are Australian now and understand what this country is about. And this country has never been about bowing down, bending over, taking it. This country has been about strong-willed people with a mind of their own, speaking their mind in a free society. Okay, our constitution does not give us the rights that we think, you know, we all walk around with. Most of the rights that we think we have are basically permissions. They're permissions from various documents. And and since that treaty in 1973, um, which has pretty much, you know, um, what's, what's the word, hijacked the constitution to a large degree, the rights that we have are really just at the whim of a government that no longer truly serves the people. So if you know people who are new Australians of whatever generation and they come from one of those countries where, you know, traditionally they've been oppressed, traditionally they've had police uh, brutality. I mean, look at India, what happened at the beginning of COVID in India, for goodness sake, right? Right. Uh, the cops were beating them on the streets to get them to go back inside. So, <laughs> what we're seeing in Melbourne right now, go figure, yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, the 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 iron ring around uh, the the ring of me- ring of steel around around uh, around Melbourne is sort of reminiscent of the Iron Curtain in Europe. Uh, people in in India were being beaten by the police, and you know, I spoke to people here. I was like, yeah, just par for course. That's that's an average day. That was you know, that's what they consider an average day, right? And there are other countries like that, where they have, you know, where the government is extremely oppressive, where the police are brutal, um, and the, uh, you know, we've, we've brought a lot of people in from war-torn countries, right, um, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't, I'm not saying we shouldn't, what I am saying though is we should, no, I don't like used the word should, what I am saying is when we when we reach out the hand of friendship and the hand of peace and the hand of, of, of care and nurturing and, and, and kindness to people from other nations, let us reach out and be sure that the people we're bringing in are indeed people who need that help as opposed to someone coming in under the radar potentially. Right. Um, I'm not saying to go and lock them all up forever and, and, and take ages to process or whatever. And I am saying, let us make sure that we got that. There's going to be a, re- again, remember the Fabians, the left wing, and who is it that's always banging on when it's a, when it goes to immigration and refugees? Who is always banging on? No, we just got to let them come on in and, and, and whatever. Yeah. Left. Right. Left wing. All the time. And admittedly, the right wing. Uh, tends to go the opposite direction. I know no, we've got to lock them up, <laughs> got to keep them locked up, and then we've got to process them. Um, if we just let everybody in, then they go into the country, you know, never to be found again uh, until, of course, they they, they uh, rise up and do whatever it is they're here to do, um, then this country is going to change a lot faster, and indeed not just this country, whatever country you're in, but you're seeing the same patterns happening in your country. Um, so... When we reach out, when we extend the hand of friendship and the hand of care to bring people into this country, let us do a couple of things. Let us make sure that those people are here for the right reasons. Let us also make sure that we educate them in the, not just in English and, and our general values, and that's not just grabbing a meat pie and a, and a can of VB, God forbid, right? But um, that we educate them that this country is built on a very, very strong-willed population, probably not unlike their own country back before it became a real shithole to live in, yeah? Um, you know, whether it's one of the African dictatorships um, or, or one of the Asian countries, um, you know, whatever it is, let us, let, let us educate those, these people, and we, the people, can do that. We can reach out in our communities, in our cities, in our suburbs... Um, where our children go to school and we can talk to people there and let them know that this is a country where you have the right to stand up, even if that right is simply a permission, you have the, you have the ability to stand, let's just say you have the ability to stand up, you have the ability to say speak your opinion. Now, of course, we've been seeing people being arrested in, in Victoria for putting their opinion out on, on social media. And what, the, what, what dictator Dan and his thug police who've been doing the arrests have been doing is they've just been using the incitement laws. You know, oh, you've been inciting people to go and break the law. Yeah, they've been inciting people. Yeah, so they've been inciting people to go and speak their mind at a, at, a, at a peace rally. The problem in Victoria is this. And the police commissioner in Victoria said himself, the reason they didn't intervene in Black Lives Matter, the reason they didn't intervene was because they are afraid of potential violence and, and, and disruption and rioting. So in other words, if you're a peaceful protester and all you want to do is have free speech and speak your mind, you're going to be harassed, you're going to be attacked, you're going to be arrested, yeah? You're going to be confronted with an army of, of, of cops in full riot gear. But if you're a Black Lives Matter protester, right, they're going to leave you alone because they're afraid. They're afraid of being attacked. Yeah. What does that tell you? Yeah. That tells you quite a lot about what it takes these days in Australia to get your point across. And I'm not saying anyone go out and attack the cops or anything like that. I'm not, not inciting anyone to anything like that. I'm just saying it's a very interesting observation that the commissioner of police would make that sort of statement. And you know what it is about those Black Lives Matter people? They have the, the, the cops have the same perception of them that they had of the union movement and the protests in the 70s. And that's another interesting thing, right? Back in the 70s, when a lot of these protests were going on, the force behind them was predominantly the unions. They were led by the unions. Okay, unions quite often left-wing, but they were led by unions. Go figure. Where are your unions today? Where are your unions today? And I'll tell you where they are. They're all sitting pretty in their offices, and why? Very simple. The, the, the strongest unions in this country are all in industries which are considered essential services. So all their members are employed. All their members have jobs. or the greater majority. And those who don't are on JobKeeper. So why would we rock the boat? We're not going to rock the boat. We'll play ball with the government. Of the other unions, the majority of their members are, again, on JobKeeper. So... No need to rock the boat. We're getting our members are paying our union dues. We don't need to rock the boat. We're going to save that credit for another time for another fight down the road. Why would we, why would we do that? So where are your unions? They're, they're, they're being as gutless as politicians on both sides of the fence and as the cops are, at least in Victoria and New South Wales, from what I've seen. Yeah? Where are these people? If they had a strong population standing up against them, like we've seen with, uh, there was a video I saw on, um, and I posted on my Facebook um, profile today. I saw it. It was sent to me by a guy who's been being harassed by the cops in Victoria, and he fought, and he stood up. He was from the Freedom Movement, and he stood up to them. And they backed down, four cops, and they backed down because he came across aggressive. Now, I'm not saying that you go off and be aggressive. I'm not trying to incite, I'm not looking to incite anybody from doing anything. Again, it's a very interesting observation. Four cops, four cops, one guy filming it, and he's being verbal and vocal and, you know, quite offensive, quite frankly. But they back down. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And where are the unions? Nowhere to be found. So go out and help your fellow Australians, irrespective of what generation they are. New, first whatever, help them to understand that this is a country which grew on the basis of a very strong-willed opinionated people who don't settle for shit from the government, who don't take whatever's given to them. We ask questions. We ask critical questions. We ask hard questions. And when we're not given straight answers, we go and we ask even harder and tougher questions. And if necessary, we go for the jugular. And it's not just a case now of, you know, okay, uh, next election we'll vote them out. You vote them out and you vote them in. Who gives a shit? Life continues, same thing. Get rinse and repeat, just a different banner. You have gotta start thinking about who you're gonna vote for and start voting independent. Sure, there'll be some chaos. There'll be some initially He's gonna get some chaos in in, in the parliament if it's all independence. But the only way we're gonna break this death grip. That the two-party preferred system has on this country the only way we're going to do that is if we vote independence in, and that they get a majority of the seats in the government in, in the in the parliament and that they form a government and i realize that's a pretty wild concept and a lot of people have reasons why it can't happen well it can't happen we saw it happen in the netherlands now admittedly that that whole experiment went wrong after about third well probably after about 10 years after 13 years it was putrid I'm not saying it's going to last forever, but these things are cyclical. And right now, we need to get r- rid of the current system we have, and we need to have strong, opinionated Australians who stand up for themselves, who ask the tough questions, who demand the answers, and who get to the bottom of stuff before it gets way too late, which it is getting to that point now. Anyway, enough from me. Half hour of your life, you're not going to get back if you watch the whole thing. Thanks very much for being here. Put comments in there and I'll answer them later on. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, subscribe and uh, share this uh, with anyone you think might uh, might uh, find it interesting. And, again, thanks very much for watching everyone. Take care now. Bye.